Welcome back to episode six of the Zach Scott Show. I just want to start off today's episode by saying sorry for about a week and a half, two week absence from posting on the podcast. I just was in the middle of a big move from Florida back up to Ohio, taking a new job in Cincinnati and getting things started here. So just a little bit of a a heavy timetable, a lot to turn around quickly, but I'm really excited for today's episode. I'll be joined alongside UNC golfer and I mean, a former master's participant and US Open participant, Austin Greaser, again, a senior at UNC and just playing some of the best golf ranked number eight in the whole nation. And I've just grown up seeing this young man play and develop into a golfer that, you know, most people aspire to be. And it's going to be fun to sit down and talk to him. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And with all that being said, welcome back to episode six. Let's get right into it. So I was able to get Austin on via Zoom for this podcast episode. And I guess we're really just going to start with the background of Austin and his golf career. It, it really, it was Vandalia, Ohio. You're born in September, 2000. You're a young kid growing up in a small Midwest town. And I mean, obviously I know your family really well. Got a twin brother, Byron, who has been there along this whole ride of your golf career. But I guess really, I want to, I want to turn back to growing up in the Midwest, you played baseball and everything, but what was it that really sparked in you that was, you know, golf is my career trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you having me on here. It's been forever, dude. And, um, honestly, having a twin brother from the get go, uh, we were extremely competitive growing up in anything and everything. Um, I mean, we played baseball alongside each other too. So you probably understood the competitiveness, not only, you know, I had, but even Byron had as well. And we really, really sharpened each other in that, uh, kind of way. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, my dad kind of introduced me to, to the game of golf probably around, you know, five or six, give or take. Um, he used to play, and um, I would go out kind of with him on on the golf cart and kind of ride around and just throw my ball down wherever and, and honestly just kind of took took a little bit of a liking to it and, and stayed with it and realized, hey, you know, I was, I was pretty good at it and kept practicing, kept getting better. And, um, you know, I just kind of really enjoyed the fact that, uh, it was something that I could be extremely competitive at. And also it was also something that, you know, I, I ended up being really good at. So um, I think that's kind of what sparked it for me. No, I mean, yeah, that's an exactly, I mean, that's exactly what the response I was kind of expecting was, is having a twin brother almost sparking that competitive edge. And Byron, I mean, seriously, he was, he was such a good baseball player. So growing up with a, a brother that you're like, all right, we're both good at things, but I want to be great at something. And you went yeah. after golf, and obviously, yeah, now you are, I mean, you ranked eight nationally. So, I mean, and you've competed in the Masters. You've been in the U.S. Amateur runner-up. You've been in the U.S. Open. I mean, you've been in all these high-level things. So, obviously, you've gotten there, and we'll get into all that more later, but just a little um, foreshadowing there. But, I mean, I remember West Palm Beach, you were probably 15, 14, roughly that age when we flew down to West yeah. Palm. You played on, uh, what is it, the Bear Trap? Yeah. 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 PJ National. Yeah. Yeah, you played down there, and I remember practice round, you weren't making your shots. You, you weren't making your putts. You weren't making your putts. You were, you were, you were peering the irons. <laughs> the drives were fine. And, and you said, I, I got to get a new putter. And I said, if you make an eagle on this hole, you got a new putter coming your way. And you <laughs> stuffed your second shot, <laughs> tapping eagle. Oh, I did it. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. I remember that. Yeah. I, 
I don't know, man. It's something when the, when the lights come on or somebody gives me a little bit of a, um, a reason to be competitive, man. I, I kind of see, I look at myself as a very sore loser. I mean, if I, if you've ever played me, if anybody's ever played me anything and they beat me, they probably understand that. Um, I, I think <laughs> I, I, I dislike losing more than I like winning. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, when somebody kind of puts me up to the challenge or the lights come on in a tournament or whatever it is, I've, Kind of feel like I get a little bit sharper and you get a little bit more serious and get a little bit more dialed in. And I guess so far it's, it's added up to some pretty good things. No, that is the best quote ever. I, disliking losing more than winning hundred percent. I mean, I remember <laughs> I, seriously, it's, it, you could go on for days about all the things that I, I've grown up again, alongside Austin, one of my better friends along the years and such a busy schedule of a grind to get to where he is, but one that was necessary to be taken and it was not he really didn't have much free time growing up to do a whole lot of stuff because it was on the course. And if he weren't golfing with him, well, he was out there hitting balls. But I do remember every February 14th, we'd get all the guys, all the single guys together for a little Valentine's Day basketball <laughs> tournament. And you, right. you would never lose. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Man. Like I said, whether it's something I'm picking up for the first time or, or golf, but I've played it my whole life. It's it's just I just have an extremely competitive nature and, and just can't stand losing. And just I'll do everything I can and try and get every edge I can um, to win whatever it is. I, I really don't know what it is about me, but, um, you know, it's that's what that's kind of where I find my fun is, is being competitive, you know, um, and it's it's just enjoyable for me to not only in golf, but just like, you know, ping pong, shooting hoops, just literally whatever it is. I, I just love, I love competitiveness. I love feeling the pressure a little bit. And I just kind of love when, when something's asking me and, and you got to go execute. So. Oh yeah. I love that. So I want to take that competitiveness and move it more towards uh senior year of high school. You obviously tore it up in the state of Ohio for golf all out, like throughout high school and going into college. And UNC was a huge offer, one of the better teams in all of college golf. I, the past few years have been in the top five. I finished third this season and, I mean, ha has just absolutely played incredible golf top to bottom. That whole team, for some reason, is just – they've got something figured out there. So when you, when you were looking for schools to commit to or even visit or give the time of day, what do you – what were you looking at going into these schools? What really made you focus on UNC even like the furthest? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it like first and foremost, it boiled down to the fact that, you know, I would literally walk into head coach's office and be like, look, um, you know, I don't know how it's going to pan out, but number one, I want to be playing for a national championship. And number two, like I, I want to be the guy for you that makes the winning putt, you know? And so I guess from there, the conversations would kind of start rolling um, and it'd be like, okay, well, you know, what, why me asking the coaches, well, why, why do you feel like this program is going to put me in that spot? And why do you think the guys on this team that I'm going to be playing with are, are also going to put the team in the spot to win the national title? Right. So I just really wanted to put myself around guys that wanted to play at the highest level, wanted to, to continue to sharpen each other, even if we're on the same team and, and be competitive and really just, just give myself a chance to play literally at the highest level to, highest level compete at the highest level and you know not only uh and kind of just prove to myself hey this is uh you know this is this is where I want to be and um you know this is where I see myself and and what I really feel like I'm comfortable in so um I think that's kind of what it boiled down to is I just really want to play for a national championship and 
really wanted to play for uh, a, a couple of coaches and a, and a university and have guys on my team that were willing to put in the extra extra time, extra effort to get um, not only themselves there, but the entire team. And, um, you know, of all the schools I talked to, there, there wasn't a ton of power five schools. Um, there, were, there were several, but I probably wasn't the highest, you know, ranked junior in the, in the country for sure. At the time I wasn't, I didn't have some of the, or the resume that some of the other juniors did, but, um, you know, Andrew Duetetto, head coach in North Carolina, he took a chance on me, took a gamble. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope he feels like it was a good one because, you know, I'm really fortunate to be there and, and fortunate to be a part of that squad. Hey, I think he, uh, taking the gamble on you worked out three-time All-America, <laughs> three-time All-Ping East Region, three-time All-ACC selection, third-team GCAA All-American in 2023. This year, after a hand injury, you're see, I mean, that, Austin, seriously, some of the things you've done up there, uh, down there at North Carolina, it used to be up there for me, but down now is, I mean, seriously, it is always yeah. so fun to watch. And um, I guess that leads into the next question. So the environment, campus lifestyle, and culture of a team is huge for an athlete. And I think that's always something uh, important to focus on. But first impressions when you walked into UNC and saw all that they had to offer golf-wise, what kind of facilities does UNC bring to the table compared to other schools? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely top-notch. Um, you know, I, I think, obviously, you know, North Carolina, Chapel Hill is a very well-known um, nationwide school. You know, it's 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 probably one of the coolest, um, most competitive public universities in the nation. I, I actually think we don't get enough credit. We really just get to surround yourself with, um, you know, national champions and, um, and just the highest level of athletes possible that are all really pushing themselves to the nth degree to get better and just trying to find ways and find different knacks where they can be better than everybody else. And so it, it just kind of wears off on, on everybody. And, you know, it's just encouraging to, to be around all of those type of people. And it's just easy to work a little bit harder. And, um, you know, whether it's, whether we're in the same sport or not, um, athlete, athletically wise, you know, it's, it's it's fun to see other athletes in the gym, you know, giving it everything they got. I think, I mean, again, yeah, that all goes back to the importance of campus lifestyle and facilities. So that's really awesome to hear some insight as to really what they had to offer. And it, it is a big role joining a culture. I mean, think about it. UNC, an acceptance rate of just over 20%. So a hard school to get into. So academically as an athlete, you got to be on top of that. And to be on top of your sport is a whole nother thing. Student athlete is they are student athletes aren't looked at and given enough credit. I feel like because to go to a school such as UNC or even Stanford where the acceptance rate's so low, you know, the education's great. Um, and to be able to go there, focus on your craft, but also excel in the classroom. And I mean, that's something that you did at UNC, you did excel in the classroom and that shows on the golf course. And do you feel as though UNC has been like the best choice for you as a golfer and a, a man have they helped form you into the person yeah. you feel like you want to be yeah 100 percent. i mean without a doubt i mean i think I, I don't want to toot my horn because i am one but being a student athlete is really tough uh it's it's a lot of time demand um you know it's it's it feels like you always have something to do you never really have a lot of downtime you have to travel a lot you've got to stay on top of your school while you're traveling while you're trying to compete at a high level and, and when you're perspective game or sport or tournament whatever it is you know and so I think all of that put together has 100% you know made me or at least helped mold me to who I am and, and really helped show me that um, you know I can kind of take on a lot of things at once it's tough uh, 
but it almost feels like it, it might even get easier after the whole school and sport thing is done together, right? Like once I kind of get out into the uh, professional world, hopefully here in a year or so, um, it, it'll actually almost feel like it'll be easier just because uh, I don't have kind of the, the school stuff to worry about, but I wouldn't trade any of it for nothing. Uh, I, I love the people I'm around day in and day out. Uh, I love being pushed uh, in, in the in the classroom by professors, by my coaches and teammates, but even more so being pushed on the golf course and, and at the practice facilities and whatnot to get better. So it's a definitely uh, molded the guy that I am. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful to, to bleed that baby blue. Yeah. And you should, I mean, yeah, there you go. Bleed the baby blue and you should be proud of the young man you're turning into. We, I see you all over Instagram too, especially when I focus on is in the weight room and you have a, a phenomenal trainer down there at UNC and can you, what's his name again? I, I'm blanking on it. His name's Eric Fernandez. And yes, he is the man. So my buddy James um, and Judd, both of them down in, in Fort Myers uh, are strength and conditioning coaches, one at IMG and, um, one at this this organization called Division One, like D one training, and sure. he James pulled up this video. Um, you know, I've only brought you up to him, you know, maybe a handful of times on the golf course and whatnot. He knows about you, um, which is obviously cool in its own right. When one of your friends is like talks about another one of your friends, and you didn't even bring him up to him, but he's like, this trainer is so good at changing for whatever sport needs to be focused on. And we see that we've seen all the videos with golf. Has he helped you figure out, I guess the question, yeah, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, has he helped you figure out what it takes in the weight room? What, what is it like working with him? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'll ever hear this, but I mean, I think, you know, it's, I literally don't know what to say about the guy. I mean, it's unbelievable um, how much time he puts into our team and even myself, uh, individually, uh, you know, I've definitely been battling some stuff lately and the extra mile that he goes for myself and even for the team and other, other guys on the team, he's just un, like, just crazy. I mean, he's got so many athletes to train and, and, and try to get better and, and try to push them as well to get better at their sport. But he literally helps us in, in absolutely any way possible. Um, he makes sure that we're where we want to be both physically and mentally. Uh, he makes sure if we're not that he does everything he can to get us there. Um, it's, it's really, really amazing to have a guy like that kind of on my team, if you will, um, and, and North Carolina's team to, to really push us and keep us sharp and, and, and just so that we can kind of trust that, hey, this guy has our best interests in mind. Anything he says, he means well, and anything he says, he has our best interests in mind. So um, it's, it's really kind of hard to find words for the guy, but I'm just really thankful to be around him. I'm thankful that, um, you know, he, he's really put so much time I'm an effort into the the strategic plan that he's put together for myself, for the team, and that, uh, you know, we're all really buying into it. And he's continuing to not stop, you know, with what he knows now, but always trying to learn, always trying to watch new videos, always trying to, hey, how can how can we get their swing speed just a half mile an hour faster? So just little stuff like that, man, like it goes a long way. And, and you really got to have those kind of guys in your corner to really be the best you can be. Yeah, that no, that is awesome. A, a good trainer goes so much further than than what a lot of people think. Again, going back to that college athlete. Oh yeah, like that college athlete lifestyle. If you are at a you know a, a different kind of college and there's not you know the best training staff there, then it can almost feel like you're there for not. Because if you're not elevating your game, then what then what is the point of being there? And if you don't have somebody there who's trying to elevate their game, well, you're not being pushed to your fullest potential. And neither is the yeah. person. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, and and if you're as an athlete, like if you're gonna give everything you can to be the best you can be, like you know, you you want to play at the highest level, you want to play against the best guys in the world, like you have to have people on your team that are willing to go the extra mile for you and willing to go the extra mile to say, hey, this kid, this kid wants to be the best he can be, and like how can I how can I help him? How can I make sure that that's I'm putting him in the best spot to be the best he can be, and. Um, you know, I can't go out and do all the research about physical training that he's done and already has. So to have somebody like that, that buys into the fact that you want to be the best player in, in, in the country and the best player on the planet, even, you know, you have to, to have somebody like that just means a lot. And it's just such a good resource to have. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's the best words to put it in. I mean, just having somebody who. Like you can't learn that you're so focused on other things. So to have somebody who has a, like a dedicated craft to that. And again, is just focusing on elevating yourself and the team and themselves. It all goes into the same category that we've been talking about with the culture of UNC. It is a team player type of school. And it was really built on the back of, well, not built on the back, but obviously when you think of UNC, you think of Michael Jordan. And I mean, when I look at your career at UNC, as far as golf goes, you're the Michael Jordan of golf. So, and realistically, as far for UF or UNC, absolutely, a UNC career average of seventy one point two that that's insane. It's second in history for the entire school. A sixty three second round in, at Yale Regional is insane, especially playing up in Connecticut, where you know elevations change. Grass has grown differently. I mean, every there's so much fine detail that goes into golf that people overlook. So to be able to go out there and put these numbers up day to day, week to week, month to month, and year to year, you're now you know getting older in age. You're going into your fifth year of college back at UNC. You're still a young man, and your full pro career is ahead of you. And this school is just absolutely – I mean, I can see it. We can all see it that it has formed you into – the player you want to be and everything you're saying back towards it has obviously, you know, been nothing negative. It's all been positive and I, there's no lie behind that. And there can obviously be difficulties at schools, no matter where you go, but to see how well you've overcome any difficulties you've had to face, even with the hand injury and all that. I mean, you've got the people around you who have showed that support system that you can do it and we can all do this. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I don't know um, if I would, I would compare myself to MJ. Yeah, I, I feel like I got still some stuff to prove before that happens. But I will say it's it's been um, very informative. Informative, I guess, is the word. And it's also been very cool to be around some people at UNC, uh, like Coach Williams. I'm I'm pretty coach with or close with Coach Williams, and it's it's cool to listen to some of the stories that he has about about Michael and and some of the other guys also down at UNC that got to hang around him and be around him and just how hard he worked and just how hard he tried to find an edge on the competition and just how how much he loved the moment right like how much he wanted to be the guy to make the shot the winning shot in the national championship like that's not you know everybody talks like that but you know there's a big uh there's a big pressure and there's a big weight that comes with that um so you, you can always say that, but then to go out and actually do it and to put the effort in, to put the hard work in, to, to prove that you want to do that and to make sure you're ready when that moment comes, that's who MJ was. And hearing some of the stories about him um, doing those type of things is just so cool and just gives you the chills. And uh, it's just really cool to hear about that guy. So, I, like I said, I, I think I still got 
quite a bit to prove before I've ever on that level, but um, it's it's definitely cool to to be at a school like like UNC that produced such an amazing athlete and get to learn about him a little bit. Oh yeah, but I mean I'm going to sticker you that anyway, and it probably gets tiring hearing about the same person over and over. I mean everyone who talks to you about UNC is like, well, I mean every something about Michael Jordan comes up. I get it, but to be compared to that, I mean even if it's compared by one of your, you know friends and everything still when you look at your numbers it's almost statistically it is statistically accurate like you can't really defute that the only thing you're really missing is a national championship and you're going back for a fifth year you finish third it's the revenge tour for the fifth year so go get that ring and solidify your name as one of the best golfers in unc history you know what i mean yeah facts i mean we've gotten well it's our third straight year going to national championship my freshman year we didn't go because of covid nobody did uh the two years before this, we got fifth, um, and then this year we got third. So we definitely put another rung in the ladder, um, if you will, this year. And I think we just keep doing what we've been doing, um, and, and we're going to be just spot next year to, to get it done, uh, to, to get to, to win the ring, right? To get it entirely done and to, to go do it. So just got to keep your head down, keep working hard, keep doing what we're doing, and we're putting ourselves in a great spot. So. With that being said, then I'm not the most familiar with it because obviously when when as an average viewer of golf and as somebody who will go out and play, you know, a couple times a week just for fun, not take it too seriously. I don't know how the competition works in the college level as a team score. Now, I, I know that it's an individual game for the most part, but when you look at obviously college, you have to think about I don't know how that format goes. So if you could run me through that, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, so um, every tournament, there's typically between 14 and 18 teams, and you're all competing against each other. It's not a one-on-one matchup. Uh, and I'll, there is, in the postseason, that you get to one-on-one matchups. But for the most part, during the college season, you, you have tournaments that are filled with 14 to 18 teams. And, and how it works is each team will put out five players uh, to play each day it's a three-round event usually three three-day tournament or 36 holes on one day and 18 the next but three rounds one way or the other and each round you play five players and um, each of those rounds um, you have five players playing but you take the best four scores at the end of the day so um, you know for instance let's say we 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 have five scores of 68 60 69 70 71 and 72 right just for easy Um, you actually throw out the 72 and you only count the, the low four. Um, and so it doesn't matter who counted the first round, the next, the best four still count the second. So even if your score didn't count the first round, you can still count and help your team the second round. Now, meanwhile, in the background, you still have the individual leaderboard where obviously all of your three rounds are, are counting toward your individual score. But from the team aspect, you're only taking the best four scores out of the five players that play that day. Does that make sense? That makes sense. No, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, I get the format, uh, taking the four lowest scores. I mean, after the second round, okay. So I guess that takes me to my next question. Then if you are the score that is bumped off, are you considered a DNP or do you still get your score marked, but it doesn't really count towards anything? You still, you still get it marked and you still get it counted uh, toward like the individual leaderboard. Um, but you, you won't, like you didn't contribute to the team that day, right? And it's kind of a bad way to put it because um, you, you did, but to contribute to the team by showing up and playing and giving it everything you have, right? Yeah. But, um, I guess on paper, technically, like your score was thrown out that day and you did not contribute to the team, but it still does count um, for your score individually. 
No, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, and and it's not a bad way of putting it by saying they didn't contribute. I don't think it's just like you're saying it's it's it doesn't go towards the team score. So really, yeah, right. you're not it's not helping out much, but it's not hurting. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. So I guess now that takes us into competition at the college level, and you've also competed at the pro level. So getting back to this now, when you got that invitation after getting the runner up at the U.S. Amateur. Um, and you get that invitation in the mail and you open it up for the first, I mean, what is that feeling, man? I mean, I'm wearing a master's hat right now from this year and I mean, yeah. What is that feeling? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to find the words to describe it, but I'll, I'll try and find them. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's something you, you grow up watching and grow up, uh, you know, learning about if you're, if you're a golf fan or golfer, um, you know, your whole life, right? Like you sit on the couch every year and, and early April, it's the second weekend in April, I believe every year, um, you know, you know, where you're going to be, you're going to be on the couch watching the masters. It's always at Augusta national. It's always um, played during the same time frame. It always looks the same. It feels like, so, you know, you, you're kind of, um, you already feel like you've been there before, even if you've never been, you, you know, the holes, well, uh, you know, kind of what the players are going to face a little bit, at least, um, and you just you just know it so well because it's just at the same place every year, like I said, and and so it, it's just extremely humbling and honoring to get a master's invitation like that, where you know you've dreamed your whole life while sitting on the couch watching, like, hey, I'm gonna see it up there someday. Like, I'm gonna be on that first tee, the nervous, the most nervous I've ever been, and I'm gonna <laughs> see it up against those boys out there, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be able to compete, you know, on that stage yeah. at that course at that tournament, and so. You know, when that showed up, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not really an emotional guy, but I think I definitely shed a couple of tears just like, you know, I really did put a lot into my my game in high school and in college just throughout my whole life where I, I missed a lot of time with friends. I missed a lot of other things um, that could have been fun and that would have been fun at the time. But, you know, I made a lot of sacrifices and it just kind of felt like no matter what happened after that, um, it was all worth it. Right. And, you know, I don't necessarily just hang my hat on golf at the end of the day I, I think life's bigger than that but I will say that you know um the sacrifices that I made to get to where I was and to play at the level I played at um it wasn't easy and it was 100% very rewarding and very humbling to get something like that mail and to just go out there and be able to compete on that stage at that tournament against the best in the world I mean it's it's just it's crazy to even think back and think that I got to do that but um I did and it was just one of the coolest weeks of my life that's a great answer. That's a great yeah. answer. Yeah. I mean, I really, that was going to lead into my next thing is that first tee shot. I mean, yeah. I know your, I know your parents, I know friends are there fam. I, I mean, I'd have given everything if I could have figured out a way to get off of work and, and yeah. my, my roommate was there. So, I mean, okay. yeah. So it's just, it, it's insane. So stepping up to that first tee shot, you're explaining the emotions a little bit, but how fast was your heart pumping? Oh man, I, I don't know. Um, it was about to come out the shirt. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it was, it really was. I mean, I will say I, I got the ball on the tee in one try. Um, even <laughs> my hands were shaking. So that was a win. Um, and I remember, you know, I remember thinking like I, I literally just wanted to make contact and coming from a guy that's obviously a fairly good player like that that is a pretty crazy thought, but I, I just wanted to get it off the tee and, and get my, get walking toward the green and, and we'll figure it out from there. But I, I don't know. It, it just, it was, it was, you prepare and you practice to have nerves like that, right? Like you, 
you're you practice every day you stay up late you get up early like you do you make those sacrifices for that pressure like to have pressure so um, it's very nerve-wracking it's 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 your heart's beating out of your chest your hands are shaking but like that's what you that's where you want to be like that's what you've always practiced to feel and so I guess sometimes even me I can I can almost do that negative sometimes but at the end of the day when I sit back and start thinking about it and I thought about that week and even on that first tee as I was putting my ball in the ground putting my peg in the ground you know like this is where I wanted to be like this is where I've always Mm -hmm. seen myself this is where I've always pictured myself this is Mm -hmm. I never knew exactly the nerves I would feel like I'm feeling right now but like I knew that I was preparing and practicing to feel these nerves and to be ready when I did feel them. Um, so I think, you know, even just kind of going in and describing it more, like just to hear, um, you know, they say four, please Austin greaser now driving. I mean, just being a kid from a little North of Dayton, Ohio, golf's not really a whole big thing up there. And, uh, just to think of, like I said, just all the sacrifices I've made, my family's made, the people around me have made, um, to get me to that point and to, to really help me to, to achieve a lifelong dream of playing in my first master's tournament. I mean, um, it was just extremely special and, you know, something I really look back and, and smile about for definitely the rest of my life. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and that's a great way of putting it, all the sacrifices and stuff. And again, going back to, I mean, even we grew up going and playing golf or we'd just go mess around. I'd be over at your house, vice versa. I mean, it was usually something random on one of your days off. They'd have something to do, but I noticed obviously growing up that it was always you hung around the people that understood the most. And I feel like that's the way an athlete has to be surround yourself with the people who are understanding of, you know, their sacrifices that have to be made because no, none of us, none of us who have grown up watching you play alongside you have played with you and are rooting for you have ever once said, well, man, like, yeah, we all wish, you know, we could have had more time or all that stuff, but, the benefits of being able to root for, you know, someone that you're close with and even people from Vandalia who aren't close with you to have something you you've put on for a small town that is entirely in your corner. And that that's one got to be one of the best feelings. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. I mean, I, I don't, under, I don't think anybody understands like I, you know, if it's a big week or whatever it is, and I do get a lot of messages, sometimes it's it's hard for me to get back to each everybody individually. But I will say I do read almost all of them. And, um, you know, I know you know this and I know I talk to you, you know, quite yeah. frequently and, and it's easy to respond to you because we've been best friends for a while. But, you know, it's it's amazing to get the support that I have. Right. Like yeah. um, sometimes when you're out there making those sacrifices, you're like, man, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Like my friends are having a good time at you know, wherever they're having a good time at, right. Especially in the summer and whatnot, like you want to go be with your friends, you know, you want to go do things that a teenager wants to do. Right. But instead you, you put in the extra hours to try and get better at your craft and get better at, at the game you play. And so, you know, when you do something special and you get a lot of text and a lot of support and a lot of just, um, uh, just a lot of love from like a, a, a small kind of town city, whatever you want to call it in Vandalia, like it just means the world. And, it makes you feel like you got a little bit of an army behind you that you kind of didn't know you had at first or never knew while you were making the sacrifices that was going to be there. Um, so I think, you know, it's just amazing that the support I've had, I remember even going through high school and the the principal, Mr. Luby and Jordan Shoemaker, the athletic director, like they always made ways to make my schedule work around public school, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a curriculum that they have to follow um, you know, probably more from a, a state kind of wide regulation, but they made sure that like I was in a position 
to be the best I could be and to be able to play the tournaments I need to play and, and to be able to make and to be able to miss school when I needed to miss and stuff like that, just to make sure I was as good as I could be. And I don't know, you know, if I've ever really talked to him about it or thanked them. I mean, I think I have, and we still text every now and then me and them to do, but um, you know, it's just cool that all these, all these things add up to the the player that I am and the support that I have and the man that I am as well. And um, it's just such, it's so cool to do it from kind of a smaller city or town, like I said, whatever it is. And um, to have that support and kind of be able to feel like everybody's almost family in a little bit of a way. And then, you know, I just have a bunch of people and a bunch of friends behind me. So it's just extremely cool. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun for me to go out on the first tee of like the U S open and hear from Vandalia, Ohio, right. Like put us on the map a little bit. Cause there's some great things that come from there and there's some great people and um, I'm just one of many. So it's uh, it's definitely pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah, the support of a small town and just, I mean, multiple people, you can call it a small town, but whatever way you spin it, you've got, I mean, you've got fans, man. And you have true people who are supporters and everything. And I just think that's just been such a fun thing to see come to light is the true support that you do have. I mean, we'll go through your Instagram and there are comments upon comments upon comments from so many different people who, you know, you may know, you may not know, but at the end of the day, like you're growing this following of people who want to see you succeed. And, and I think from hearing you talk, even about stepping up at the masters, that is, you know, that's giving you that mindset of I've got the support on my back and I just want to go out and do it. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think the cool thing is, is like, you know, I'm, we're from Vandalia, Ohio, right? Like it's just a blue collar kind of working place. And I think it's cool uh, that hopefully I'm inspiring, you know, whether it's kids from Butler, Butler High School or even high schools around or just other kids in Dayton, right? Like, you know, you, you can you can work hard and, and be as good as you want to be at anything. So I think it's kind of cool from that perspective, too, of everybody that's maybe getting to watch or not that, hey, um, you know, you don't have to be from these big cities or these big wealthy families to, to be really good at what you're what you want to be good at. It really just takes the mindset. It takes a little bit of support from your, your family and closest friends and like it's really not that far away. Nah, you're exactly right. And I think that's awesome. So that makes me really want to spin it back to one more thing about college golf that I saw um, before jumping into kind of more towards the, the bigger picture of all of it. But going back to college golf was that quote I saw from you from this past weekend uh, where you said you were asked about the course and everything. And, and you said, I was playing a little match play with the course today and I beat the course and the reason you said that was on Sunday, you equaled your best score, one under 69, and, you know, you carded five under for the team, moving to one over for the week, and, you know, cut the line to 12 shots. So you did a big thing. That's that's contributing. And what? so I guess in general, pro and amateur level and college level, the kind of that intermediate what is course management like for you? What is when you go into a whether it's a new course or a course you know, what do you like to what's the fine print? What are the what are the details you focus on? Yeah, I mean, I think golf's a lot different than any other sport because you're playing up over a hundred people usually. And the, the, because of that, um you, you're not around but two or three of them at a at a certain time, right? Like you're not seeing how they're playing. I mean, a lot of other sports or team sports where you're watching how the other team is playing right in front of you. And 
golf's not one of those sports. So that's why um, I kind of said what I said about just playing the course. And I think um, you've got to kind of just have a game plan about how you want to attack the course each and every day and just go out and try and execute that and, and realize and understand that, um, like for myself, if I can go out and execute my game plan um, the way that I want to and the way that I see it before I start the round, um, I'm going to be tough to beat. And I know I'm going to put up a great round. So um, I think that's just kind of really where my mindset is, or at least I try to get it to before each and every round is, hey, I'm going to go out and do everything I can to just execute the game plan I have set out for me today and just let the chips fall where they fall with everybody else. I really do like that uh, that answer. And so, that again, that's going into a whole career. You've had to learn how to manage and being on a field with, I mean, usually, like you said, over 100 people. And at the pro level, you're playing for points, no matter what tournament is in that FedEx Cup. I mean, there's a lot that goes into golf. And, you know, a lot's changing in golf. So I guess that is another thing I want to ask about your career going forward. As a college golfer right now on the verge of, you know, graduating. Well, you already graduated, but taking your graduate year. So after this year, fully going pro, what are your views on the PGA in their current standing today? Do you feel like you're ready to go full pro? with the way that they're merging with live and all that, or do you just care to play golf no matter what? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really interesting discussion that um, there's so many different branches you could go out on. I mean, I, I, I personally um, don't want to play on the live tour. Uh, that, that's just, that's not really for me. Um, I'm not really uh, money hungry at the moment. Um, it's kind of not where I see myself. I, I feel like there's more, it's more about the money there than the history and tradition and nostalgia of it. So um, I don't personally see myself um, on, on the live tour at all. Uh, it's not, not about the money for me. I've always wanted to chase history um, on the PJ tour. I want to chase major championships and I want to chase um, the greats that came before me and, and, and played so well. So um, I will say that's kind of where I stand. I, I have no idea how all this is going to play out. I mean, I think there's maybe only a handful of people in the golf world that actually know what's going on, and I'm definitely not one of them. Um, so pretty surprised to see uh, kind of that merger at least uh, talked about and, and proposed. I'm not sure it's actually going to go through yet or not. We'll just have to wait and see, but definitely surprised by that. But at the end of the day, um, me, myself, and I, I'm not, I'm not really going to do anything that's going to hurt or help that situation or, or change it. Um, so I, I just – I know that the PGA Tour will be there next year and for years to come, and, and that's where I see myself playing. I'm going to do everything I can to be, be on that tour playing against the best in the world. I love that. And, and yeah, I mean, it would be a hard th – that's a hard thing to have to go right out of college into. Like you said, you're, you alone aren't going to be able to change whatever's going on between the PGA – and the live and that whole merger thing, but you really just want to play golf. So I guess kind of getting more towards, you know, wrapping things up and whatnot with golf. Now where you're currently standing fifth year, I guess probably the hardest question I'm going to ask you um, is I know that the pro level is next, but what are the steps that are being taken and, and what do you see in the future after UNC? As I know you can't read the future, but for yourself, if you wrote down a plan right now, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely five seen years, myself five. The, sorry, not 10. Yeah, five, Let's go five. Five, 10, whatever you call it. You know, I definitely see myself on the PJ Tour. Uh, 
And I think, you know, it's definitely different, you know, as you get closer and closer, you, you start to talk to agents, you start to talk to companies that could be your sponsors, you start to figure out where am I going to live? Where am I going to play golf? Um, are there going to be PGA Tour players at that course for me to play with and learn from? So there's a lot of questions that come up in, in, the, in conversations that, that you didn't know you're going to have when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, kind of planning out your future. So all of that's kind of tough. And I, I have a really good team around me just trying to navigate that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, however many years you want to go out, I, I really do see myself in the PGA Tour. And, uh, and, and what I really got to do is just continue to do what I've always done and working hard, making the extra sacrifice, going the extra mile, um, you know, getting up a little bit earlier, staying up a little bit later, stuff like that. Just just making an effort to, to do something that the next guy won't is really my mindset. I mean, I usually wake up every day and um, I have this, this, this uh, idea that if I can do one thing per day, that I feel like the next guy wouldn't do. Um, I feel like I, I had a successful day and I, and I got better than, than the next guy. Right. So it can be small things. Like I said, is, is staying up a little bit later when you're tired or, or taking an ice bath when somebody else would be like, God, oh, it's too cold for me or, or just whatever you want to do or whatever kind of um, thing you want to put on. And it doesn't always have to be with a club in your hands, but um, just trying to just, do everything I can to get that extra inch that then will equal a mile, you know, down the road. So um, kind of a long winded answer there, but I think no. those extra little inches right now will add up to that mile down the road where I'm playing on the PGA tour is, is, is what I have in my head anyway. I love it. Yeah. I got you on the PGA tour and I got you winning some. So, I mean, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just seeing the career unfold in the way that it has. And I mean, we look back to 21, 22, one of your, I think probably so far, uh, one of your better seasons in college in total, um, two-time medalist that year. But what I remember mostly from that year, live television, huge situation, and you hole out a seven iron from 170 yards for a birdie <laughs> on the final hole to clinch that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, yeah. and Gosh, and that's golf though. It's, it's, you flush one and it's right at the pen and you're on a wing and a prayer hoping it goes in, but to hold out and clinch it. So when you do hit great shots like that and it's just absolute butter, I mean, there's no better feeling in the world. How, yeah, how amazing of a feeling is it holding out over a big putt? Like, where do you weigh in that? Are you more of a preferred chip in or are you cool with the flat stick? Um, because you play with some swag, you've got flash to your game. I like I said, I, I just want to see the ball go in the hole quicker than everybody else's. So whatever club I got to use to get there, that's what I'll use. But I, it's a good feeling, right? Like like it's kind of stuff I've already said and continue to say. But you put in a lot of practice and preparation to put yourself in moments like that, and to put yourself in the position to win golf tournaments. And sometimes it's going to go your way, and the chips are going to fall your way, and sometimes they're not. And sometimes not only are they going to fall your way, but you're going to do. In an amazing fashion so um you just you just have to really visualize when you're practicing and preparing hey um you know i got this 20 footer to win you know the masters or to win the u.s open or to win my first college event like whatever it is i try to put myself in that position um on the practice screen or on the practice range mm -hmm. and i try to do it to to get my mind to understand that when the time comes i've been here before and i've executed in my mind even if i haven't really in real life i've been here before I know what to expect and I know that I'm going to execute this shot. And then when you get to go do it and it goes the way you plan and what you practice, 
just makes you look back and be like, you know, that's why I do it. That's why you go the extra mile. That's why you make sacrifices. That's why you put yourself, um, you know, in the mindset on the range of, 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 you know, pressure pack situations. That's why you visualize that stuff. So, you know, it just gives you more reason to get up earlier the next day and go back to work. I love that. Yeah. I mean, really when you focus in on being able to visualize and manifest something in your mind, I mean, think about growing up every time we shot a piece of paper towards, uh, you know, a trash can, we were yelling Kobe, you know what I mean? Or every time you're going in for recess, it's like, last shot, last shot, three, two, like, you know what I mean? Like you're always visualizing some game winner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great way to put it. And, uh, just putting yourself in that mindset and and seeing things come to fruition. And golf is one of those sports that you have to, every time you step up to a shot, you almost have to tell yourself exactly what it's going to do. Cause if you think otherwise, I mean, you're talking about a sport that is mainly mental over anything else. I mean, it's very, very physical, but it's not like you're on the defensive line, pushing back another 400 pound man. Like you're swinging a club at a tiny little speck on some grass and hoping it doesn't roll away into the woods or slice 30 yards. You know what I mean? So golf is one yeah. of those finite well, it's, sports. It's one of those things where you can kind of, yeah, it's one of those things where you can kind of psych yourself into uh, believing you can. And, you know, like I said, and, and, and like I mentioned, if, if you can put yourself in a mindset when you're just practicing that, Hey, I, I can do this and I am going to do this. Um, when the, when the time comes and when the pressure's pressure's on and um, when you're asked to hit a shot, you've kind of already told yourself and, and proved to your mind that like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this the way I, I, I visualize it and the way I envision it. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, and going back to West Palm beach, when we were down there um, every night, it felt like the lights were off. It's dark out. The sun is set. You're off the range. You're off the course. And you had me out there holding a flashlight with my iPhone. I think it was like a six at the time. I don't even know. But we're out there with flashlights and you've got tees lined up and you're visualizing watching putts fall and you don't even need to see the line. As long as you know your stroke is there and you're visualizing where this is going, you know where the hole is at least, you you were dropping them. I mean, obviously it's a putting technique. It's a practice, but it's something that you've done every day for, I mean, almost the entirety of your life. And to be able to master that, not not all people get to say, you know, that they can go out and shoot anywhere even close to 80 or in the 70s or 60s. And to be able to go do that um, at one of the highest levels, I mean, your career is about to take off. And I just know that myself and so many others cannot wait to see it. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where uh, you do those that you do all those countless reps, because then when you get in the situation, your hands get nervous, you, you, you feel the pressure, you can go back and say, hey, I've, I've done this 10,000s of times. And I've made three and four footers so many times like this is, this is gonna go in, this is gonna, I'm gonna make this because that's why I practice. And that's why I stay out late and, you know, close your eyes when you're putting, whatever it is, you know, like, that's, that's why you do it is so that you can tell yourself when, when the time comes, and when you're asked to make it like, hey, like, this is nothing. I do this literally all the time. Exactly. Doing it all the time. And that's just something that you have done is you've went out and scored. And that's the difference between good golfers and average to below average golfers is a scorer and a non-scorer. And UNC, I feel like top to bottom rosters filled up with scores and you're one of the better scorers in all of college golf. That's why you're ranked eighth. 
And to be able to go do that is all visualization and mastering the skill. And that's something that you've been able to do. And it has just been so, again, so, so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been fun to play too. So (laughs) (laughs) of course, well, seriously, man, I really appreciate you taking time, especially while driving. Are you on your way back up to Dayton right now? No, I'm actually uh, still in North Carolina, uh, headed down to see a buddy. But uh, no, it's it's it's. I'm glad to get on here with you, man. I've, I haven't talked to you really in depth in a while, and it's fun to hear from you. And I'm glad you're doing well as well. And um, I, I appreciate you having me on here. So thanks a million. Yes, sir. Thank you. I mean, again, it's going to help so much. And and I hope you, as the audience, uh, tuning in, get a chance to really sit down and listen to this thing through and true. We're we're talking to a guy who has competed at a high school level, national level, college level, all on big stages and at a professional level. Um, you know, definitely the biggest athlete I've had on here so far. And beyond that, just a great man. And that's what it takes to succeed at all levels is to be a genuine person and be able to put in the work. And Austin Greaser, definition of hard work, definition of good guy, and just able to mix it together uh seriously man this career that you're about to take off on uh, we're all excited to watch it yeah well i really appreciate that and uh we'll keep doing what we can do and and see how good we can uh see how good we can play <laughs> so thank you yes sir so that's going to do it for episode six of the zach scott show again joined alongside unc senior austin greaser and it has just been an absolutely phenomenal episode one that i definitely will never forget even though a lifelong friend but being able to just catch up and talk all things golf, life, and, you know, this and that all between the gray lines has just been so fun. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week's episode. We will be talking about football, all the divisions who we feel like who's going to come out on top in each division, a couple sleeper teams, Sunday night, primetime, Monday night, primetime, Thursday night games, and all of those fun things. So look forward to seeing you guys all next week and peace.